Thank you, Bishop. Good evening, uh, the chief guest, uh, the pastors who are here. Uh, I'd just like to thank God for this opportunity to be able to just say a few words, just a few minutes. Um, Bishop had mentioned that um, I work with Industrial Promotion Services Limited, which is a, a part of the, is an affiliate of the Aga Khan Fund for Economic Development, which is part of the Aga Khan Development Networks. And uh, based on the things that uh, Bishop had been teaching, uh, one thing is clear, because it's good for us to learn from other people's examples as to what can be done so that we can start be able to, to do that. As East Africa was gaining independence in the 1960s, uh, a young man had become the Aga Khan. He had become the leader of the Ismaili community worldwide. But this man had a soft, soft spot for Kenya, and uh, we had a number of the Ismaili community in, in Kenya, and majority of them in Mombasa. And uh, he could see that these people were poor. They were not as affluent as the other uh, members of the Asian community. They were much, much poorer. And as a young man, he started thinking, what can I do to change their status, to change from where they are to where they, be, they should be? And at that time, his grandfather, who had actually been anointed him to be the Aga Khan, uh, had started one or two businesses. I'm sure you know about Jubilee Insurance. It had been started in 1935. But by the time Kenya was beginning independence and Uganda was gaining independence, this was a very small company. The other companies like Nation, Med Nation uh, Media Group, then it was Nation Newspaper that had been started in 1960. So by the time we are getting independence, it's a very small uh, newspaper company. And he, he desired that there was a need to change the status so that his people can change. And I think uh, what Bishop has been teaching us here is really to be able to focus and shift our minds towards where we want to go. So that we can have a bigger goal, a bigger desire so that we can arrive there. He devised a method. And he said, now, what I'll do to be able to, enter, to, be able to get my people out of the poverty they were in, I'm going to help them start businesses. But I'm not going to start the businesses for them. I'm going to start businesses under what he called like a Khan Fund for Economic Development. And he's built an empire since then. Uh, what has happened in the Republic of Kenya is today if you want to take tomato sauce in your chips, you have to go to Premier Food. It belongs to him. If you want to drink juice, ready-made juice, you've got to go to Pep Tang. It's called Pep. I'm sure it's available in Uganda. It comes from him. If you want to wear socks, you have to go to Kemen Industry that belongs to him. If you want to read a newspaper, you must buy a nation newspaper. It's the largest newspaper in the country with, a, with about 80% readership. If you want to listen to television, you go to NTV, and in Uganda you go to NT, I think is NTV Uganda, NTVU. If you want to listen to radio, there are about six radio stations that you have started. If you want to package anything, you go to All Park. If you want to go to a hospital, you go to Aga Khan Hospital, which is the largest hospital now in the Republic of Kenya. As a matter of fact, it has the largest cancer and heart center in the whole of Africa that was opened recently. If you want to bank, you go to DTB. If you want to, uh, or you, in Kenya, I think it's also in Uganda. 
If you want to do insurance, then you go to Jubilee Insurance. It's the largest insurance company in Kenya, and I believe it's the largest insurance company in East Africa. These were small business. If you want power, we have Savo Power. If you want buildings, there are about 50 buildings in Nairobi, Nation Center, uh, Jubilee Exchange, whatever. If you want to go to school, then you go to Aga Khan Primary School, or you go to Aga Khan Secondary School, or you go to Aga Khan Academy. If you want university, you go to Aga Khan University. If you want to go to hospital, you go to Aga Khan Hospital. He's created an empire so that he could show the people that are Ismailis what they can do. The statistics show that there are about 6,000 Ismailis. And because of this thing that Aga Khan has done, now it has encouraged his own people to be able to start their own businesses aside from him. He started this business so that they can have employment in the businesses, so that he can build them. But now they have found a need for them to start their own. So that when you want to drink water, you go to Aquamist. If you want to dress well, you go to Sir Henry's or Little Red. There are 6,000 Ismailis in Kenya. But they own in the last estimate, 15% of the entire economy. Kenya cannot be able to make a decision today without consulting them. That's why when he comes to the republic, he's received as a head of a nation. He's given the entire, entire entourage, outriders, and everything that a, a, a statesman can be given. What is the lesson for us? The lesson for us is that if 6,000 people can actually be able to own that amount, what can we do as Christians? If we dropped our differences, if we dropped the desire to be able to, do, to be mediocre and be able to walk out there and be able to do the right thing so that you can be able to move ourselves forward. There's so, so much that we can do ourselves. And for me, Ignite Conference is one of those areas that we inspire conference is something that should trigger in us that desire that in the next couple of years we'll have ourselves changed to be the people that actually run the economy that we have. In, in Uganda, you've, you're, fortunate, you're fortunate and unfortunate because uh, you own quite a bit of Uganda as opposed to the rest. But trust me, if we don't join ourselves, if one can fall, how many? Can change a thousand, two can change 10,000. There's a multiplication factor. In Kenya, of course, 15% is uh, the economy of the Republic of Kenya for information. 74% is owned by foreigners. Eh? Yes. Even the stock exchange is foreign. I, I, I mean, it's, 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 it's that situation, and we are thinking it's time that we take over. You have an opportunity as Ugandans because you are not there. I believe you are not there. But watch what is happening in Kampala. It's shifting. We must stop it. And the world is looking for you and I as Christians, brothers, who can be able to change that. Working with Aga Khan, you'd imagine that it would be a disadvantage for me to announce that I'm a born-again Christian. I'm very close to the, uh, the person who runs their industrial uh, estate. By the way, they own about 75 industries in the whole world. And 23 of them are in East Africa. In Uganda, you have the Jubilee, of course. You have the DTB. Uh, you have uh, Kampala Fishnets. You have um, uh, Kampala Pharmaceuticals. They all belong to us because I'm a member of that organization. I'm an Ismaili, but black one. 
Serena Hotel is also in Uganda, I'm reminded. So which means that they own, they own 23, 23 industries in the whole of East Africa. It's time you and I are able to wake up. And as Christians, the critical thing is for us to be able to join hands. We must stop these nonsense of thinking that the resources that are available are diminishing. The resources that God has kept for us are enough for all of us. We cannot complete. You know, we keep talking about competition. When you want to pack water, you start thinking that it's competition. There is enough demand for water for all of us. As a matter of fact, if you're producing water worth 5 billion shillings, I'm sure you can take 50 billion shillings worth of water. So there's enough for all of us. And you're able to interlink and be able to know that our mission is in the workplace. Then what will happen is that we'll concentrate on that that gives us that ability to be able to stand tall. God has promised to give us his world because the wealth and the wicked is laid up for us as brethren. That wealth is not going to come to us when we are seated down. That wealth will not come to us when we continue thinking that we are minimal. We are powerful. We are strong. Let's go forward and get what belongs to us. Uh, the, as I close, what I'd just like to mention is a quote that I have here that uh, I want to... to um, uh, it's, it's a kind of um, a joke, so you can laugh if you want, that a man who went to uh, um, an art exhibition and was hard to ask uh, when he went around and saw the, all the pictures, and he stood at one particular one and he looked at it over quite a period of time and then he was, he was seen to be disgusted. And he asked the attendant, is this what you call fine art? And the attendant told me, told him, but sir, that's a mirror. Let's not walk around <laughs> not knowing who we are. Thank you. at yourself and you, you think it is art and you're wondering whether that's art. And actually, that is yourself. But it's important to realize you are a work of art yourself. Somebody say amen. Somebody say amen. Isn't tonight a good night? I'm saying, isn't tonight a good night? Now, I told you I'm going to introduce Alex and Julia. But can we get one or two from Uganda also? Can we? Do you think God is not working in Uganda? He's only at work in Uganda. Amen. And tonight, our guest of honor is here. Her testimony is known. Before Julian comes, I would like us to listen to her. And to introduce her is our sister Dorothy, Mrs. Dorothy Kisaka. Please do come. Because Dorothy is a lawyer public speaker tremendous woman of God praise the name of the Lord I've known Dorothy for many 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 years and I know this is one person who is on the front line of what I'm teaching it is not far away the kingdom of God is within you and there are people in this nation who are doing exactly what I'm teaching the rest of you join with us please introduce our guest of honor tonight 
Thank you. Good evening, everyone. You know, these days I am in a, a political office, and I have learned that when they call you and they ask you to greet the people, they, don't, they are not asking you to say habari. They're really asking you to greet the people. So recently I was in a place with one of our bosses and he asked me, please tell them your name. And I said, Dorothy Chisaka. And the people said, only? <laughs> so I'm going to allow you to hear my voice. Thank you very much, Bishop. I must uh, recognize Bishop and Mama Joy very much because when I made my first international journey as a speaker, I spoke in their church and uh, in Nairobi, Kenya. And uh, I spent, I must confess, I spent, they gave me a very nice hotel room, but I spent about four hours on the floor crying to the Lord because I didn't know what to say. <laughs> and you told me in that church how to pray. Since then, God has opened very, very various doors and I'm thankful. Now, the person that is coming to speak to you tonight is uh, a very distinguished woman. She is the first lady of Kampala City. <laughs> I know tonight, and I want to bring apologies from the first lady of the, this pearl of Africa, who is engaged in other national duties. She's not able to be with us tonight, but she sends her love and greetings. Please receive them. But our guest of honor here tonight, who is representing the First Lady, is a distinguished lawyer, Jennifer Musisi Semakula, Executive Director of Kampala City Authority. She is the CEO, not the Lodi Mayor. She's the CEO of the city. Jennifer went to King's College Budo, which many of you identify with. But I must tell you that we in Gayaza used to see her very often. I wonder why. <laughs> I think though she went to King's College Budo, she still uh, liked the things that happened in Gayaza. Jennifer is a warrior. And I'm not saying that because she's turning our city around. This lady is truly a warrior in the kingdom of God. Jennifer is a woman of prayer. She speaks after she has been on her knees. I've been in her home, and I know that she spends the lots of hours praying to God. She has a dedicated prayer room. I remember one time we were having a meeting with Jennifer, a prayer meeting. And uh, <laughs> we prayed and prayed, and she went into tanks. And the tanks were Luganda. Because she said, some of these things are so stubborn, you must speak to them in Luganda language. And uh, she was banging. And I'm presenting to you a woman who honors, who reveres, who loves the Lord, who seeks the Lord to know where, what, does she, what should she do in our office. Jennifer has entered the realm of political governance in our nation. It's true she's the executive director, but as you know, her job has a lot to do with politics. And many people here, Jennifer, pray for you. They love you dearly, and they pray for you. 
but we, you are our role model in political governance because you are a warrior. You have started a revolution and we want to copy, we want to replicate what you are doing. So you are coming to speak to sons of the kingdom. These people are warriors. These are people who are no longer considering the workplace as a secular place, but as the ministers of the Lord. These, our minds have been transformed by the teachings of our bishop, JB, not only in this conference, but through many conferences. So you are coming to speak to a people who have had a paradigm shift. Please join me in welcoming a distinguished lady of the Lord, Jennifer Musisi. Thank you very much. Uh, I'm honored, very, very greatly honored to be here uh, tonight. And um, thank you, Dorothy, for those kind words. And uh, at some point, I felt like hiding under the table because uh, I wish I could pray more than I do because I know that without the Lord, I cannot do anything. I'm very blessed by the word uh, through Bishop uh, Masinde. A lot of the things that you are saying are things that I can identify with. And um, when you particularly said, God never gives you a word unless he's going to fulfill it. And it becomes the theme of your calling. Uh, God gave me Ezekiel 36 from verse 33. Uh, about the city, this city that was desolate and in ruins, and that that city would be rebuilt, and that people passing through it would ask what happened, and the answer would be, I, the Lord, have done it. I have restored it, this city that was in ruins, that was a laughing stock, and made it like the Garden of Eden. Uh, he gave me that scripture that day. Um, His Excellency, uh, the President, asked me to... He said, um, in his words, this was God sending me to come into Kampala. And immediately after that meeting, God gave me that scripture. And many, many times I have... It's been like the anchor that I've held on to and shared with my team, God promised that the city will be rebuilt. And the other one is in Jeremiah 1, 18, 19 there, which says they will fight against you, but they will not overcome you because I'm with you to deliver you. So those have been my key scriptures and they continue to be our key scriptures. And so people ask me many times, how did you feel when you are faced by this Goliath-like situation? And how did you feel when you came against this and the other? And I remember, I, I, I tell them, by, in those times I remembered, this shall fight against us, but they will not overcome us. And the city will be rebuilt. So I was really, really blessed by the word. And um, now I'm humbled to share um, with you the message of the first lady she 
really wanted to be here, as Dorothy has said, but she was unable to come, and she asked me to come. She really tried to come until just a few minutes before I came, where she said, Jennifer, I really have failed to make it. Please go and deliver this message to the people of God. So in that capacity, I'm going to read her message uh, to you. Um, as she wrote it, Bishop J. Masinde and your dear wife, pastors and church leaders present here today, our hosts, the young professionals, distinguished participants, I greet you in Jesus' name. I'm happy to be here with you once again. She's here with us in spirit and in fellowship. I was part of the Inspire Conference 2010, and I was so blessed. Let me begin by thanking our friend, Bishop Masinde, whom I have interacted with before for availing himself to be used of God. Thank you for the inspiring message and the profound truths you've brought to us this evening. I'm very proud of our young professionals who have consistently organized these important meetings. And I'm told that this is the eighth conference that has been organized by the professionals from the Deliverance Church, Watoto, All Saints Cathedral, Bugolobi Church of the Resurrection, and Makerefu Gospel Church. I would like to applaud you for the transcending the denominational barriers and demonstrating the spirit of unity, which I believe will enable the church to be a prophetic voice to the nation. Thank you for taking Christ to the marketplace where we spend most of our time and energy, and where our impact is most needed. Allow me to add my own perspective to your theme for this conference, Time for the Shift. For a long time, there's been an unfortunate separation in the minds of many Christians between what is spiritual and what is secular. I'm glad that in the last 20 years this has changed. Christians are now discovering that their vocation gives them a mission field where they can and must live out their calling. For us to have any impact in the nation, we must recognize our workplace as a primary, as a primary place for us to live out our faith. We must go beyond the four walls of the church and influence the seven culture-shaping areas of society namely government, media, education, economy, family, religion, and entertainment. These seven spheres of influence are key to advancing the kingdom of God in the nations. When we as believers begin to position ourselves and begin to instruct the nations in these key areas, we fulfill Revelation 11.15, the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our God and his Christ. Therefore, we must change our thinking. Every believer needs to understand that his or her work is not a secular assignment, but rather a God-assigned mission. As we celebrate our jubilee, I believe it is a time for stock-taking. It's time to examine what has worked for us and what has not worked. As the old age adage goes, 
Doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results is insanity. Therefore, we should be prepared to do what we need to do in order to get what we want. And also, it's time for a paradigm shift. If there are habits that hinder progress, it is time to unlearn and learn new habits that will take us to greater heights. It's time to learn new skills that will make us relevant in the marketplace. Ladies and gentlemen, the language of the marketplace, the language that the marketplace understands is efficiency, excellence, and competence. If we are to impact the nation, we must develop the relevant skills and competencies. The transformation of our nation will take more than prayer. We must have the right people in the right places, serving with excellence and integrity. Psalm 78, 72 teaches us about the marketplace leader, King David, who shepherded his people with integrity of heart and with skillful hands. The world cannot ignore a skilled, excellent person. It's time to shift from mediocrity to excellence in whatever we put our hands to. Take a minute and reflect as you seek to impact the marketplace. What skill set do you bring to your team and to your sphere of influence? What changes do you need to make to be more effective? If you left your place of work today, what would they miss? Do you have the right attitude? As we grapple with the challenges of unemployment, low capacity levels, and lack of relevant skills today, could it be time we changed our attitude towards work, especially working up country, and beginning to create jobs as opposed to looking for white-collar jobs in specific areas and specific offices? I work in Karamoja, and one of our major challenges is attracting and retaining qualified staff. I believe it's time for us as professionals to change our attitude towards working up country and in those areas that we have termed as hard to reach areas. Friends, God is depending on us to rebuild the ancient ruins and the desolations in this land. Romans 8, 9 confirms that creation awaits with eager expectation for the sons of God to be revealed. All these areas are waiting for you, the young, vibrant, and yet humble Christian professionals. It's time to change the wrong attitude. It is also time to shift from being job seekers and begin to be job creators. In one of my recent tours, in my constituency in Rohama, I listened to a very inspiring testimony of a young IT graduate who refused to walk, to walk the streets of Kampala to look for a job. Instead, he decided to create one. He started a secretarial bureau with two second-hand computers and a loan from ESACO. Today, he runs a computer institute with over 200 students. This is the shift that will impact Uganda today. 
the NRM government has put in place various programs to increase income and to alleviate poverty. These include the job stimulus package, the circles, as well as the NADS program, and the community-driven program, among others. Let me use this opportunity to appeal to you, marketplace leaders, to take advantage of these programs to educate the communities about them. Let us be proactive people who will not take the blame game, but take responsibility for our future, because the future belongs to those who take action. In conclusion, let's consider one another marketplace leaders. Daniel, who distinguished himself among all the administrators by his like Daniel, who distinguished himself among all the administrators by his exceptional skills. Scripture reveals that he showed aptitude in every kind of learning. He was well informed, he was quick to understand, and he was qualified to serve in the king's place. It's my prayer that as Christians in the marketplace, we can distinguish ourselves with the qualities that the world cannot ignore. We will avail God something to work with, for the transformation of our homelands. Because of Daniel's exceptional qualities, his colleagues tried to find fault with him and to pull him down, just as it is today. Daniel, doing the right thing is very costly and there is a price to pay. However, for Daniel, they could not find fault with him because he was neither corrupt no negligent. How I pray that it was, this will be true for us today. The secret to Dave Daniel's outstanding service, I believe, was his consistent intimacy with his God. Let me appeal to you today, never get too busy to spend time with God. To the degree that you have influence, you must equally prioritize his presence. What we do for God must be the overflow of what we have found alone with him. Daniel not only prioritized intimacy with God, he knew the power of self-denial. He, he resolved not to defile himself in any way. Today, we live in a world that's very competitive. We are driven to accumulate to succeed, to achieve, to be recognized, to dominate, and to ascend to greater heights at any cost. Therefore, it's very easy to drift into unethical behavior, into corruption, as well as selfish ambition. Let me remind you tonight that we are a distinct people with a distinct destiny. We must therefore exhibit high levels of integrity, as well as responsibility. And in God's kingdom, if we want to ascend, if we want to be great, we must learn to be servants. Our nations today need servant leaders who will offer selfless service and take a stand against the advance of evil and impose God's will on the land. 
Doesn't it bother you marketplace leaders gathered here today that in spite of the large number of Christians in the country, we still have the cancer of corruption? God is depending on us to take a stand against this evil. Finally, may God bless and establish the work of your hands in your various spheres of influence. May you bring glory to God as you execute and accomplish the work he has assigned you. The Lord Jesus in John 17, 4 prayed, Father, I have brought you glory on earth by completing the work that you gave me to do. May we also bring glory to God by accomplishing the work he has given us to do. Let us position ourselves on the mountain or the sphere of influence that God has assigned us and cause his kingdom to come and his will to be done. God bless you. Signed, Honorable Janet K. Museveni, First Lady and Minister for Karamoja Affairs. Thank you very much. Can you allow us to pray for you, please? Let's stand together. Can you bless our sister, Mrs. Musisi? Can you do that? Amen. My pastor taught me never you meet someone who is in a place of authority. Bless them. Speak a blessing of God. I can I ask Mama Joy to come? And Dorothy, come and join us here. So that uh, on our behalf, you can lay hands on our sister. Let's believe God. Raise your hands towards Janet. Let's just bless her. Bless her in her work. Bless her family. Bless her that God shall give her divine protection in every area. Give her wisdom. The spirit of God shall manifest through her. That by through the spirit she shall be able to see solutions for the city of Kampala. And bring those solutions from places uh, in a very innovative way, in a creative way. But in a way that shall build this. I love that scripture that she quoted from the book of Ezekiel. We pray God for your servant whom we have brought in our midst. Thank you Father for allowing the first lady to send our sister Janet. And she agreed to come and Father will receive her as one who comes to us in the name of the Lord. And together as a body of believers Janet we bless you. We bl uh, Jennifer we bless you. We bless your family. We bless the work of your hands. And we bless the office that you are in. Sister Jennifer, we speak divine blessings over your life. We speak divine protection over your life. We speak divine wisdom to operate in your life. We, div we speak divine favor to operate on your favor and on your behalf. And our sister, we bless you with health and with strength wherever you go. When you are asked to make decisions, may the Spirit of God give you the insight to see the decision you are making. May you operate in the word of knowledge, in the word of wisdom, in the prophetic, in the supernatural, both in your life and in your office. We release the, spirit, the gifts of the spirit to manifest in your life. That even in meetings you shall be able to discern spirits and be able to take authority over them for you are not wrestling against flesh and blood but against principalities and powers and rulers of wickedness in high place. Yet the Lord tells me to tell you like Joshua of old, no man shall be able to stand before you. And that in the name of Jesus Christ, every place your foot shall tread, the Lord says, I have given to you. 
It is yea, the Lord will tell you that the scriptures that you have read, indeed, I put them in your heart. Because you shall see them coming to pass and Kampala shall rise up and shine again. Not only Kampala, but the pearl of Africa shall be able to rise and shine again. Because I shall do it through my servants like you. May God bless you and his word prosper in your life. In Jesus name. And together we say it. And again we say it. That's my book. This is a book written by Alex called The Bailout Plan. It's based on the story of uh, Batamayas. God bless you. Amen. Next time I come, I'll come to look for you in City Hall and just pray in your office and just bless you. That's what I'll come and do. Come on, let's appreciate God's servant. Isn't that great? The speech from the first lady. Come on, let's stand together and just applaud that speech from the first lady. Was one that one close? Those fantastic words. Thank you. Our sister Jennifer is leaving. Come on, let's appreciate as she leaves. She has another assignment. Really appreciate. God bless you. Go for it, lady. Go for it in the name of the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Let's be seated. Isn't God good? Tell anybody that was a surprise. But a good one. Isn't that a good surprise? Is that a good surprise? That speech from the first lady, wasn't that great? A, a tremendous paraphrase to what I've been teaching you. Julian, you, you come on. Let's, I want to come and pray for everybody. Let's, let's listen to Julian. Come on, let's appreciate Julian here. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Bishop. Thank you very much, Dad. And uh, thank you for the time. I will not keep you. Um, um, Yes, <laughs> but today I'm a, I am a son today and I have to follow instructions so I will not keep you. Praise the Lord. If I was to just uh, want to appreciate the people that have organized this and uh, just that great speech from the first lady of this wonderful country and to my bishop, to my spiritual father and spiritual mother who are here, so good to be with you outside Kenya. Uh, when our phones can be quiet uh, and we spend time together. It's good to see all of you. It's good to see you, my brother Alex and Mike. God bless you very much. And to all of you, it's good to see you again. Amen. Um, it's been a while. I think it's been uh, two years since I was at the last Inspire <clears throat> conference. And uh, I want to tell you about the things. I, I thought of what to say in these 10 minutes and I don't want to take too much time trying to... Uh, I cannot outdo my father in the scriptures, so I will not go to the scriptures. I will speak what I can speak. Is that okay? One of the things that's ailing our generation not to be able to do what must be done is the fact that we don't have, one, we are not being real, and two, we need a demonstration generation. Please tap the person on your side and say, are you part of the demonstration generation? Ironically, and I, I know I hadn't spoken with Paul about it, but we just finished a very powerful conference in Kenya uh, called Shift Conference. And now I come here and I see you saying it's time to shift. And it's evident that God is saying something uh, to the young men <laughs> and women in Africa. Note the word young. 
Um, <laughs> it, it applies for everybody, but it's particularly being said uh, to a certain group that can hear because there is a new wine that cannot pour in old vessels. And I say that, I'm not saying that to say my father is old, but because it's not about age. It's about the ability to shift the wineskin. And God wants to pour some new wine into some new wineskins. The last time I was here, I was in the middle of starting something. And those of you who were, how many of you were here last time I was here? A couple of you. Good to see all of you. I was talking about the different mountains and the different things. And I spoke about the 22 that we must impact. So I want to give you my story from that time to now. Is that okay? So that we are real. I remember leaving this meeting trying to speak to some of you to come and we speak so that we can be able to stand here at another Inspire and demonstrate what God had done. Not one Ugandan emailed me to meet the challenge I had put in front of you. So, let me tell you what you missed out on. After I left Inspire, I want you to understand that two years before that, I think I shared with the people who were here, two years before that or one and a half years before that Inspire conference, I had a company that had failed and I had lost a lot of money, basically over a million dollars. What's a million dollars in Uganda shillings? So about 2.4 billion shillings, 2.4, 2 2.5, give or take some change. And I was distraught and I didn't know what to do, partly because I had invited some shareholders to my first business that in my country I referred to as the Kikuyu Mafia. And it was a hard business to run. It was just tough. And I have so much I could share with you about some real stuff, but we don't have the time. But there are some things when you find yourself doing and you're running at a thousand miles an hour, but you're standing in the same place, that should be a sign that something is wrong with your business. And when I found that place, there must be a time you must be able to say, I can't do this anymore. There must be a time to call it a day. And a lot of us don't know when to say, that is it. Because we must teach a balance in church because we say, press on. But even in pressing on, there's a time to say, stop. Be still. There's a moment to just rest, regroup, recuperate, revive, and then go back. And these are lessons no school will teach you. You'll only learn them on the way. But it is error for you to go out and make the mistakes after you hear from those who've made them. Go make new ones. Are we together? And so... I was still in that place where I was looking at this situation and this mountain was so big and I wasn't understanding how are we going to recuperate, how are we going to do this. Mark you, I'm a pastor of a church and all this drama was happening and I had to be in church on Sunday. So I went to my spiritual father and I said, Bishop, I cannot be in the marketplace anymore. I've lost out. I've probably lost a few members of church who happen to know what has happened. And it's not that I ate the money. It's just the business idea was not working out. How many of you have ever failed before? Thank you for being real. I've come to understand that failure is a pertinent lesson. Not from the devil, 
from God. And if you've never failed, I assure you, three categories of people in this room, those who have failed, those who are in the middle of failing, and those who are about to fail. It is the first lesson when you decide to take a risk in faith. Because iron sharpens iron. And when God starts to sharpen you, the thing he's removing from you is that pride and everything. Anyway, I don't have time. Uh, five more minutes. So, when I got to that place of realizing that, spent some time in prayer, I was in this place in a meeting with a Safaricom group and we were trying to sell another idea because I just kept saying, okay, I need to get back into this place. And so God gave me a new idea and I went to try and sell it to Safaricom and the CEO looked at it and I was with some gentlemen from uh, different countries in the world and he looked at it, he said, it's interesting but I'm not interested and he tossed it back to me. Mark, I had come from Inspire Conference. I was inspired but here was my preposition being tossed. It was tossed across the table. And you know it's those shiny tables where a little effort and the thing can swing all the way to the other side. So it's not like we were sitting near each other. And he was doing this in front of all my American friends who had come for this meeting, all these people. And I'm sitting there saying, God, what is going on? But there was this gentleman who had come from South Africa for that meeting. And uh, as we were walking down the stairs, here's everything happens for a reason. We're walking down the stairs from the seventh floor because the lifts were not working. So we had a long walk down. And I say to him, that idea, what we were trying to do, I think now you have MTN money in Uganda. What we were trying to do, because M-Pesa had come from Safaricom, I had brought some American bankers and South African bankers, and what we were trying to do was to create a little bank around M-Pesa and be able to give facilities on M-Pesa. So the man said, just like any company you will take your idea to, they will tell you, we're already looking into something like that. <laughs> That's the first thing I guarantee you'll be told. We're already looking into something like that. Don't worry. Uh, there's a lesson to what I'm telling you. So anyway, we were walking down the stairs and I said to this man, but you know, this was a nice meeting, but I had something else that I really think we should look at. Because when I was busy just waiting on the Lord, I had gone past a kiosk and I had seen Safaricom had launched something. It was not my idea. Safaricom had launched something and it was there on a board written, Okoa Jahazi. And I read it and I asked the kiosk owner, what does this do? They told me, when you run out of airtime, the company gives you airtime if you fall within a certain criteria. I said, okay, interesting. So now we're walking down the stairs. I tell this South African friend who's a Kenyan. I didn't know him. He's not a friend. And I say to him, so I said to him, I have another idea. So he's walking down. Everyone is discouraged because they don't think that meeting went very well. And as we're walking down, he says, okay, send me an email. You know, here's my card. He's not even looking at me. Here's my card. Send me an email. Um, and I'll look at it. I'm flying out to South Africa right now. When I reach, I look at it. That flight leaves Kenya at, there's a flight that leaves Kenya at about 7, 8 p.m. to South Africa. It arrives at midnight, South Africa time, which is 1 a.m. our time. And I'd given him. I was ready. I gave him the preposition. Look at your neighbor. Say, be prepared. So he looked at it. This was the vice president of Renaissance Capital Africa. Kenyan guy. Nice guy. I didn't know him from Adam. So he goes. He pops in this flash disk on the plane. Starts to read it. So he reaches South Africa. At 1 a.m. My phone starts ringing off the hook. Now, my wife and I have a rule. No phone calls after 11. We never agreed on it when we got married. 
But somehow it just became a rule. And it doesn't apply to my wife, it just applies to her husband. So my phone was ringing and in my head I'm saying, I pray. Either there's an emergency on church, but Father, please let this be a man and not a woman calling at this time. I picked up my phone and it was him. He said, Julian, where are you? <laughs> I'm at home. Um, quickly, put on your laptop. I'm like, uh, who is this? It's Josphat. Put on your laptop. I've sent you something. So I, so I, I look at my wife. I say, it sounds like an emergency. <laughs> so I go and I switch on my laptop. I go to the living room so that I don't disturb her. And I'm trying to be quiet because the children are sleeping. And all the husbands in here know what happens at 2 a.m. when you wake the children up. Anyway, so um, we, we, my, my wife comes from Mombasa. So we're the ones who take care of the children when they wake up at night. <laughs> so anyway, long story short, he told me, I've looked at the preposition. It's absolutely amazing. I said, I know, but it requires a lot of money. He said, I didn't ask you about money. I like this. What is it going to take? How is it going to work? And all of a sudden, I started hearing revival and life because of the consistency of not focusing on the failure of the past, but of knowing that it came to teach a lesson. And so all of a sudden he says, what do you need? Now, I had lost how much? A million dollars. When I was talking to you, I was still recovering. But Bishop told me, get back in the marketplace. You're not quitting. Just because of that, get back in. So I told him, this thing needs a minimum of $10 million times 10 what I had lost. So I kept quiet, waiting to hear him. He'll keep quiet. And he said, okay, so what do we need to do? So he starts talking, starts talking, and it's now going to 3 a.m. We are rehearsing. Anyway, long story. He goes ahead and says, you go ahead and start the business. I'll get the money. I looked at my phone. I said, okay. No, no, hold on. I got the phone, looked, and said, okay. Um, what, he said, what do we need to start? So he calls his bosses. I told you this was the vice president of Renaissance. He calls his bosses the next day in London, the owners of Renaissance, and he says to them, hey, uh, I have an interesting idea. So they look at it, they take some time, they do their stuff, and then they say, um, this, this, this is good for us as individuals, but it's not big enough for the company because for the company, we need anything, at least a ticket size of $50 million. So as individuals, we could look at it. But as a company, it will not pass. Kasema sawa. They talked and they, they, they looked at it. And so two individuals came up and said, we are interested. So now we had three people, Josphat and his two bosses. Say they're interested and they decide, well, let's find some $4 million and let's see if we can pump something and let's look at the share structure. And then let that be the first round of funding after which we'll start getting other things. I started hearing all this investment banking talk that I don't know anything about. And so anyway, before I knew it, they said, we'll give you the money on one condition that you go to a phone company and you get a memorandum of understanding that we can do this with them. I didn't have a system. I didn't have employees. So here I am. Get the money, but first, close the deal. Now, how do you close a deal when you don't have any equipment? <laughs> so anyway, I made two or three phone calls and I want you to know there are at least four or five people somewhere who can get you to anybody you need to meet. Right now, I know how to meet the president of this land. There are two or three people that can get you any meeting, anywhere, anytime. Are you understanding what I'm saying? And so immediately, 
I made a phone call, one, two, three, and I got to meet the CEO of uh, Airtel Kenya at the time. They were still Zane. And he says to me, Julian, uh, I have five minutes. Please hurry up. Uh, tell me what you want. <laughs> so I tell him, um, I want to go ahead and do Okoa Jahazi for you. He says, okay, why is your proposition different? I have 26 propositions just like yours. I'm sharing this story because I know all of you have probably those who have tried a business gone through these challenges. At So he says to me, go ahead, show me your proposition. What's the difference? You have to be able to think very quickly. So I summarized the thing in five minutes and the guy said, why is yours different from everyone else? I have 26 of them on my desk right now. Why is yours different? So I thought, oh, everyone else is talking about giving you a guarantee. I'll give you cash. He said, ah, okay. It's a done deal. Picks up the phone, calls his lawyers and everybody. They say, get this thing started. I want it started immediately. So what do they do? They sign the MOU. <laughs> and immediately, they signed it in a week. I went back to the shareholders. I said, here it is. The business began. As I speak to you right now, what started as a little thing in Kenya, every minute I stand here, the company is making nothing less than $10,000. Every minute. Because God opened doors for us in Kenya, here in Uganda. I think we are launching with MTN in Uganda very soon. We are already with Airtel. Um, uh, they opened the door in Nigeria, in Glo, in Airtel, in, I don't even know which other countries, Zambia. Every minute, I don't care. I could be sleeping, eating, we're making money. Every minute. And, and I started understanding some things. Now, understand this. The vice president of Renaissance Capital happens to be also a director. Have you heard of a city they're building in Kenya called Tatu City? He was one of the key people who started that. He resigned from his job to become the full-time commercial director of our company. The two individuals in London, the presidents of Renaissance Capital, two of them, one for Central Asia region and the other one for European markets, resigned four weeks ago to full-time do this thing because all of a sudden God has opened Mexico and Russia. Where am I going with this? I was the beggar at some point asking them, please put money in this thing. Now they've left their million dollar paying jobs <laughs> to service this business. And I want you to understand, I've gone for board meetings in London. We've sat in tables with 24 people and they're busy talking vocabulary I don't understand. I remember being in a meeting where they said, all right, what we're going to do is uh, let's, let's, let's continue. We want to, because right now there's a company that wants to buy out about 20% of our business, one of those um, Googles or something wants to buy 20% of our company and they've given us a very good valuation and they think we're the future for some of the things happening. So we are sitting there and they're all talking and I have no clue what they're saying. They say things like, okay, what's the FP over the CP? Are we going to be sure that the TR can come out effective on the other end? And they turn and they look and they say, Julian, what do you think? I say, just like you've said. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> What's my point? God doesn't expect you to know everything. He just wants you to be obedient. And the people will leave their big careers to come work for you. You just have to be obedient. Are you hearing what I'm saying? 
And so right now we are sitting with a company that has received a valuation of close to over $150 million that didn't exist at the last Inspire. My net worth as an individual has caused me to enter places that I didn't think I could enter. And this is before Mexico and before Russia. They estimate after we opened both Mexico and Russia. In Mexico, we were sitting with a billionaire at my office from America who heard about us. And he happens to be the chairman of uh, Joyce Meyers Ministries and Joel Osteen Ministries and came to Kenya. He's a billionaire. He owns a company called Stewart Title. And he's been doing a lot of boreholes. So he sat in my office because people will look for you. Um, sat in my office and he says to me, Julian, this is amazing. I'm looking at all these screens here. This is absolutely amazing. Now tell me, how, because now he's an old man, he's a billionaire. He said, how can we use this to give people water? Because the chairman of Millennium Water Alliance. So I said to him, if you go and open, because he's a very good friend of Carlos Slim, uh, who owns America Mobile in Mexico, Peru, all those uh, South, South America, the richest man in the world, very close. He actually sits on the board of America Mobile. So I said to him, here's what we can do. If we open in Mexico, we will give you 30% of the business. Will, that, that, those proceeds will all go to Millennium Water Alliance. The mathematicians did the math. They said that basically means we'll be giving you $3 million every month. Now, the American government gives them a million dollars a month. The Senate gives them a million dollars a month for Millennium Water Alliance, a United Nations outfit. So he sat up. He said, hold on. Are you telling me that through this thing, we are going to get $3 million on average? I wasn't talking. The mathematicians were just fat and his team. They said, actually, we are being extremely conservative. He stood up. He said, hold on. Took his phone. Hello, Carlos. Malcolm here. Yes, yes, I'm very fine. How are you? I said, did this man just call my, uh, Carlos Lee? Oh, yeah. Listen, the meeting you've wanted us to have, I have some, something amazing I want you to hear, and you know, uh, we, we just need to get together. Can, can we meet at my ranch? Um, let's make it the 19th of uh, July. Is that, is that a good time for you? He wasn't even looking at a calendar. Is that a good time for you? All right. Done. Scheduled. I'll, I'll, I'll let everybody know. We'll all be there. As I speak to you, we're leaving for Houston on the 17th, to go meet with them on the 19th, on a deal that they've already signed and said, if it's going to give water, let's do it. What am I saying? A simple Kenyan idea has spilled all over the place. And let me tell you, please, stop thinking about Uganda. You're talking about shift. The days of just finding Ugandan solutions are over. But while you look for a Ugandan solution, make it global. And the world will be ready to listen. So Bishop, as I stand here, I've got a lot I'd like to say, but I want to say to everybody in here, one, don't give up. We've had, I was driving my car with my two sons and we were going, and as you go, we're passing Mount Kenya. But after I passed Mount Kenya, I looked at the rear view mirrors and I started laughing. And my children were wondering, what are you laughing? I was really laughing, like the spirit of laughter <laughs> just came over me. And I said, can you believe it? There was a time I was looking at that mountain from the front, but now it's fitting in my rearview mirror. There's no mountain you cannot move. And there's no mountain that cannot fit in your rearview mirror. So listen, your employer has determined that you are worth a certain amount per month. Every time you receive your paycheck, I want you to remember this, that you have determined that you are worth a million Uganda shillings for that month. 
That is what you're being told. If that is fine, do ministry in your workplace. That is you must do. But after that, you must start saying to yourself, get over the fear of failure, get over the fear of risks, and get to a place where you say, even if I go to my grave, at least I tried. God bless you very much. Thank you. Should I say more? I'm asking you, should I say more? Eh? Alex, Jennifer, Julian, haven't they preached to you? Tell them about these things happen. Time fails me to talk about Dorothy Kisaka. About others who are here, whom I can mention their names, who have run with this. Praise the name of the Lord. Just like those guys that look here, I told you about job here. Just started working for one company. They've introduced him to four others. Excellence. Just going in the name of the Lord. Let me just give you two. I'm not going to preach on this. Just two last points. As soon as they were innovative, just like Julian and others, God came through with them. Those four young men, Baba says, when Jesus saw their faith, Faith is an action. All we are calling on you is please start moving. Start doing something. Become creative. Let God come through for you. Your pastors must have preached to you. All David needed to do was to release the stone from the sling. The Holy Spirit picked it in the air. Directed it to the, directed it to the only place in Goliath's mantle that was still open. His forehead. He brought him down. There are some of you, all that God is waiting for you after this inspire, is to take a, take a step of faith. Like Julian did, almost giving up. I told him, Julian, you are not giving up. You are going to go and back in the business. And I told him, the future, remember what I told you? The future of Christian ministry is not in the pulpit, it's in the marketplace. Last Saturday morning, he had a breakfast with top CEOs in Nairobi that he invited. If I called them, they will not have come. But because a fellow CEO had called them, they came. If Sister Dorothea calls her fellow lawyers in Kampala, they will come. Am I, talk, am I making sense? If Dr. Magara calls his fellow doctors, they will come. Am I making sense? Felix Agrippa and uh, Festus, they listened to, to Paul because they were classmates at university. And they could pay attention to him. But you stand up and say, you know what? I was with Jesus. Praise God. I've got some miracle water here. Which CEO will pay attention to you? I lay hands on you and you fall. You, you, people like Sister Jennifer Moses, you don't start falling in the public? Do you, do, you, do you understand me now? They're not coming to a meeting where people are falling. Oh, wow, wow, wow. They're not coming. Come on, let's talk to ourselves here. They want to come to a meeting where they can, people can sit and talk. Are you understanding me now? Still moving the power of God. Hallelujah. 
Still move out with a vision. Move out with a dream. Move out in power. Because I can assure you, all that God is waiting for you, put your feet in the water and see the Jordan beginning to part. All God is waiting for you is like David, Jonathan and his armor bearer saying, look, let us move forward. God is able to save either by many or by few. And as soon as they started moving forward, the Bible says the earthquake came. Just be like the four lepers who said, why sit we here until we die? Let us go over. And as soon as they started walking, God multiplied the sounds of their footsteps to sound like chariots and horses coming against them. I dare you. I say, I dare you to rise out of this conference. Start moving forward. Declare my workplace is my mission station. I am not here by accident. I'm here for a reason. I'm here for a purpose. Come on, somebody say amen. I'll bring the Lord together with me. Be like that donkey that day. Just give Jesus a lift and watch men begin to put their coats and their jackets in front of you and open doors you never thought even existed. Somebody say amen. God showed up for those four young men and told their friend, you know what? Your sins are forgiven. They will criticize you. Why are you praying for people at your place of work? Bring them to their church. Listen to me, friends. God did not say miracles shall only open, happen in the sanctuaries. I release miracles to happen in your workplace. As you lay hands on the sick, in the corridors, in the offices, in the boardrooms, can somebody say amen? Begin to see the supernatural, just like we have prayed for our sister Jennifer here, that God shall give her a word of wisdom, word of knowledge. Why do you think God gave the gifts of the Spirit? Not just to work after we, are, we have sung together, I believe in miracles. Urana, Saida, 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 my people, my people. Those, those days are over. Those my people prophecies, forget about them. That just comes at, sometimes at 3 a.m. in the morning after when you are an overnight prayer meeting at 3 a.m. in the morning, you have taken coffee and then one begins, my people! My people! Come on. Get out of that room. We are beyond that now. That season is over. Come on, tell them that season is over. The church has gone beyond that. We need to shift from that. Are you understanding me, friends? Now, we need to celebrate people like our sister Dorothy. People like our sister Irene here. Another Kisaka. Let's celebrate the work they do and the place where they are. Our sister Jennifer. Our sister, our brother Omagori and others. Let's begin to celebrate people like Alex as they work in that secular environment. As he sits in the boardroom with those people. Listen, as he sits there, he doesn't understand the language. But God comes through. He gives him a word of knowledge on how to answer. Just like you have said, I, 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 FR is on top of TP. Uh, it shall equal to YPO. Whatever it means. <laughs> Do you understand me now? Hmm? We need to celebrate men like uh, my brother Okello here. Is that Okello? Ochola, Ochola. Brother Ochola, Stephen. Let's celebrate them. Let's celebrate people like Joby. He told me, can I come for the inspiration? I said, come. Because I want to celebrate what God is doing in his life. I don't want to put him down and tell him, Job, you're only doing Swahili translation. One word, he's paid five Kenya shillings. If he translates a million words, that's how much? You're, you're shaking your head. Don't be jealous. <laughs> the next one they'll be asking for Uganda translation. Talk to 
to him nicely. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? There are people ready to pay top dollar if you're able to do it efficiently and with excellence. Julian just preserved himself. Right now he's into Zion cell. Zion cell is where now the Christians can make telephone calls and their churches are given money. He just gave printed as a check of 54,000 Kenya shillings in June to Deliverance Church. He just gave us a check of 54,000 shillings to Deliverance Church because Deliverance Church members have been using Zion Cell. And as you Zion Cell, 5% of the proceeds are given to a church of your choice. Now you tell me now, if we're total church, all the members, the members of all the, all the Anglicans in Uganda, join the Zion Cell. All the Deliverance Church members, and they use that. If we say for our own, we are not using anything else but Zion Cell. And every month, every month, you are getting a check, 5%. Last year alone, Airtel made a profit of 5 billion, 17 billion. And Airtel in Africa made a, a, a billion dollars. If 5% of a billion dollars was given to Christian work, Next year's conference, you'll not need to pay. We'll have enough money just to pay for the conference, to bring the preachers. And that's an idea God gave you. That's what that we are putting in the church. And when I go to Nigeria for it, three weeks, we are going to Nigeria to meet Adeboy and the others so that they can, they promise to bring 8 million Christians into it. There are ideas in this house. I say there are ideas in this house that can finance the next generation of missions. This idea of saying, so that every Sunday there is a message on giving before people can give. While God can give us ideas because these companies are making money from us. Do you know how much money Kenyans, churches, bank every Monday morning? To about 2.8 billion shillings is deposited in the Kenyan banks by the churches every Monday. Suppose we had a Christian bank. The people working there are the Wafulas. And some of you right here. We are giving you 2.8 billion. I'm getting this from the Kenya Bankers Association. 2.8 billion, Sister Dorothy. Kenya shillings is banked every Monday morning by the churches. Imagine if we had a bank led by some of you experts here and we brought the 2.8 billion. You tell me what can't we do as a church? We are giving that to. Standard Chartered, Barclays, Standic, Equity, KCB, Diamond Trust, Gulf Africa. And then we are wondering and say, these guys are taking over. Why couldn't they? It is our money. You are keeping quiet. And there are people here with ideas. Let them manifest. I say let them manifest. 
I say, let them manifest. Why am I saying that? To stir you up. Not to make you rebellious. No. Just to do what? To stir you up. It can happen. These young men, God came through for them. He saw their dreams. I'm closing. Never forget, we are about transformation of society. A society must be forgiven. A society must be healed. Never forget that. Our business is transformation of society. Our society must be healed. Our society must be forgiven. Can we say that together? Our society needs healing. Our society needs forgiveness. They brought this young man to be forgiven and to be healed. That's all we are about. Transformation of society. We have a society that is in pain. They need healing. They need forgiveness from the one who died for them. As we are celebrating what our sister Jennifer is doing, what Zach is doing, what Job is doing, what Dorothy is doing, what Julian is doing, I celebrate what Ochola is doing, what Irene Kisaka is doing, what many of you here are doing. I see Dr. Seruka and his wife here. What Paul Wafula and others are doing. Wanderers. All of you young people who are here, as we celebrate what you are doing, what you are doing, I want you to know this is just the beginning. I refuse to see you the way you are. I see what God can do with you. And I'm believing God that as we, I tell you, with the first lady who's supporting you, that speech, did you listen to that speech? Some of us wish our first lady could read a speech like that. You have a first lady who has a heart for you. It means you have a voice where policy is being made. You have a head start ahead of us. Am I making sense? Take advantage of this time and move on. And may God bless you. And may God bless Uganda. May the pearl of Africa rise and shine again through what the church and the young professionals are doing in this country. Someone say, God bless you. Amen. Let someone say of you, we have seen amazing things today. Just tell your neighbor, we have seen amazing things today. Can we have our questions tomorrow? Our time is really gone. Is that okay? Come with your questions tomorrow. I want to pray over you. Can I pray over you? Just let's stand together. I love that scripture. That we have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God. That he might reveal to us the things which God has freely given to us. You will charge for that idea, but to you God shall give it to you freely. Because you are his child. Can somebody say amen? Wewe utalipishwa lakini utalipisha. Lakini kwako Mungu atakupatia kwa ufunuo. As for you God shall give you by revelation. Come on push your neighbor just preach for me. Tell him neighbor one more time. I remind you there are some things 
that I has not yet seen. Ear has not yet heard. They have not entered the understanding of any other person. But our God shall reveal them to you by, your, by his spirit. Lord, may that be the experience of everybody here. Lord, I pray that the spirit of God has been given to us shall begin to work in our lives. Out of this Inspire Conference, Lord, we want to live here understanding. We are not just spirit-filled to speak in tongues, just giving us a prayer language, a language to sing. No, God has given us his, his own creative spirit who searches the heart and the mind of God and reveals to us the things concerning us from the heart of God. Let nobody walk in ignorance from now on. I release the spirit of wisdom, spirit of revelation, spirit of excellence to start work, working in your life and through your life. May you not be a problem. May you be a solution. May you be a balancer of the equations. When your boss sees you, may, may they see the equation in that company balancing out. May you not be a problem in your family but a solution. When your parents and your relatives see you, may they see a solution has arrived. Because you shall be known as a man and a woman in whom the spirit of God dwells. And who brings God-given answers to every situation. I bless you with that experience. May you know it. May you experience it. May you be blessed by it. Because I bless all of you tonight in Jesus' name. And everybody say it. Amen. Amen.